Welcome to Candela. I'm Christopher Hooten. Today, my co-host Alan Schaller and I are speaking with George Hammond. Epic must be one of the most chronically overused words, but it's totally appropriate for George's work. Combining drone and on-the-ground photography, George's cinematic travel shots have largely been centred in Asia, and at time of recording, he resides in Bali. We want to keep being in a position to bring this podcast to you for free, and this episode we're delighted to have an official partner in Honest Brew. Now, if you're anything like me, having a selection of quality beers has been critical in getting through this extremely odd year, and Honest Brew has been instrumental in making that happen. They have a range of over 300 IPAs, pale ales, lagers, and more, and they let you curate your own selection, which are then just boxed and dispatched straight to your doorstep. So eliminate the need to head down to your local shop for a miserable selection of bottom shelf beer by heading on over to honestbrew.co.uk. Also, if you enter promo code CANDELA at checkout, you can get £10 off your first order. Tasty. So a big thanks to Honest Brew for being a part of the show, and uh, let's get on with that show. Welcome to Candela. We are here today with George Hammond. Hello, George. Hello, Alan. And of course, Christopher. <laughs> Hello, you're right, guys. Um, so, for those of you who uh, are new to George's work, uh, we're going to dive into it a bit. Uh, particularly, I, I mean, I, I wanted to talk about uh, exoticism a little bit because I'm obsessed with, with Asia. Uh, as it seems you definitely are yeah and I remember the first time I went I was you know there's such a strong appeal because of how new everything is and how different it is to because you're, you're from the UK right right yeah I'm from Dover in Kent yeah so uh you know somewhere like Vietnam is or China is probably it's about as far removed from uh from Kent as you can get I think <laughs> the white cliffs of Dover yeah yeah so yeah, it seems going through your work, it seems like you know most of your stuff is. I mean, if you didn't know your background, you'd assume that you were you were maybe from that part of the world because there's there's not much <laughs> taken in, in over here. I understand that you moved to China, which is something I want to talk to you about as well. But what was the the thing about Asia that made you really just want to stay there? Well, I I first actually came to Asia just on a backpacking trip with my friends. And that, that had nothing to do with photography. Mm. Yeah, that, I, I mean, I, I brought a GoPro, but most of that was just, you know, traveling around, having a good time, uh, a lot of partying. But then when I when I came back home, I was, I, I just graduated from university. Um, I got a degree in marketing and advertising and, and I was I was looking for work. And I, I, I enjoyed my time in Asia so much that I was trying to trying to find a way back. And I, I didn't think, you know, I'd be able to move to Asia and work in marketing and advertising. Um, so I was looking, just looking for any means possible to get back out there the quickest way possible. And then, well, I met my, met my girlfriend now back in, I think, December 2014. And at the time, I'd been looking at teaching abroad. And she had already done that um, the year prior in China. She did a, a, a year abroad in, in China. So... Yeah, when I met her, she she was already keen to go back, and um, that that's pretty much how it started, really. Yeah, about eight months later, we were kind of packing up, and we we moved to Chongqing in China, and then from there, I think that's where the obsession for the the continent kind of grew, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and you're in you're in Bali right now, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Bali now. So I've been here since about March because um, of COVID and all that. Um, I, I think. I was in a, on a job in March, and then I flew out here, and I haven't. I've been able to leave, but the only problem would be that I can't actually fly back uh, to Indonesia yeah. right now. And of course, we got like a place out here, and uh, got a couple of cats, so I couldn't really <laughs> couldn't really leave them for too long. There are worse worse places to be uh, quarantined. Yeah, yeah, quarantined. <laughs> Yeah, you've but, got a, I feel like you've got a little bit of an Australian twang already, like a oh no, the, <laughs> <laughs> it must that's such a, a Bali thing, isn't it? As a uh, maybe, yeah. The thing is, that's the thing. I I don't actually hang out with too many Australians, but whenever I come back home, my my family tell me the exact same thing, which is always a concern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to rope that in. Um, so when like you it, were when you were first yeah when you first went out there and it was just more just a party and stuff were you like traveling around or were you just kind of in one place? Um, yeah, so that that was the first that was in 2014. Yeah, that was when just me and two of my good friends um, we did Thailand, uh, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, 
You did the whole Southeast Asia thing, yeah. Yeah, that, that was just one big party. Did you have those baggy trousers that everyone wears when they travel? Those kind of, we used to call them poo catchers. They, they're like... These, Good name. I, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> no, it seems no, like didn't. everyone backpacking out, out of uni seems to wear wear these... Those big baggy pants for the elephants. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I had a pair, right? But I had a pair that there was skinny. Go. And I thought they were cool because they were like <laughs> kind of like skinny pants, skinny jeans or something. But, you know, in hindsight, not that cool. But that was one thing I always find fascinating when, when I've been... Well, when I was in, where was I? In India, particularly. And oh, right. you see, you see people who, I, I think they're trying to dress like people, like locals. They're, they're trying to get into that vibe, but no one wears <laughs> the clothes that Nobody tourists wear. Clothes. Nobody. No, there are no locals dressed like that. And you could just see them a mile off. It's, it's very funny. I'm pretty sure we got them as soon as we landed in Bangkok. We drove straight to Khao Sam Road and picked up a pair of elephant pants. Yeah. yeah it was like a, it's like a uh, rite of passage. Yeah, Southeast Asia starter kit. I always <laughs> stoically refuse to change my clothes when I'm in, like, so I, when I'm in a really hot place, I, I still just wear like, a sh I refuse to wear shorts if I'm doing a job or doing work. Mm. I don't know why. No and so I'm always just like in, in like jeans and a shirt trying to look smart and just <laughs> looking equally stupid because I'm baking. Yeah, it confuses me when I see people in jeans in Asia. Yeah. Especially when they're from uh, from Europe and they're kind of used to like colder climates. Yeah, that's me. That's uh, me. <laughs> you're one of them. So have, have, have you felt the urge to, to shoot back at, in England at all? Or, or did, does that just seem like, would that just be boring to you compared to doing all these amazing landscapes? And, no, you know, I, I have thought about it a lot, actually. And especially since I've had all this time here in Bali, it's actually really made me want to want to go back to England and shoot. The, the only problem is whenever I do go back to England, and that's been for the past three or four years, it's always such a fleeting visit. You know, like I, I might I might have a job in Europe, and then I'll, I'll fly back home to see my family, and I I try to just stay with my family and well, you know, hang out with my friends, and none of them really take photos or are too interested in going on a weekend shooting anywhere. So yeah, I, mm. whenever I go home, I have the intention of going and shoot because there are so many beautiful places back home. To shoot, yeah, yeah, so many, and I've never been to Scotland either. So, oh, like you know, Chris, yeah, really, yeah. The I'm just, yeah, we, I'm terrible at having been to my own country or, or even Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> he's been, yeah, he's, he's been like all these. Name a small off the grid town in, in, <laughs> in the deep south in the states. He's probably been, but he hasn't been to. Wales. I've literally guess. never <laughs> been to like Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham. Oh, me, me <laughs> either. God's sake, guys. There you go. But no, you do seem, George, you do seem like in a similar way to someone like Steve McCurry, who I'm sure may well be an influence to you. Um, yeah. Sort of interested in the the most kind of unbelievable places and you know sites that seems to be what you're what you're drawn to trying to find the next thing that is just like kind of blows your mind to look at. Yeah. Pretty much, um, which is kind of contradicts the fact that I live in Bali, actually, because I mean, up until January, there were so many people were coming in, like the, the tourism industry here is booming. And so there's nothing really here for me to shoot anymore. But the, the goal with my photography is always to try and share something a little bit different to, to what's been seen before. And that's why I, that's why I always strive for when I'm kind of planning my next trips as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some like you've got some shots in Myanmar that are just ridiculous, like just so yeah it's kind of like epic scale i'd say that you're, you're you that's the kind of feel it's like there are very few of your pictures that are just like oh here's this little thing going it's, it's all like dramatic you know big big stuff and and i think it's, it's to do a lot with your the perspectives and, and also your choice of kit like um you're using the mavics right uh yeah i use uh, the mavic 2 pro um, yeah I'm, and, I'm not sure when that came out maybe two years ago is that the one with that Hasselblad lens on it? On the yeah, front? it's got the Hasselblad lens on it. Yeah, but it doesn't shoot in uh, portrait orientation, which kind of sucks. But um, unless you yes. flip your drone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although you can shoot, you can, you can shoot, you can shoot panos on it as well. So it, it kind of works out. It's just a bit more hassle. Yeah, I think I read on your site as well that you um, you're very disciplined about kind of even getting up before dawn, right? Just so you can kind of be there for the the right light. Yeah, I, I like to be there kind of early enough to make the the worst thing for me, and, it, and it's happened a few times before as well. Like it happens to to all of us, you know. Like you you rock up to a place for sunrise, and 
you're getting there, the sun, the sun's kind of already peeking over the horizon. You're, you're rushing around, you're panicking, like, what's the best composition? Oh, I've got to get the drone up at the same time because I don't want to miss the best light. Mm. Um, or, or somebody's already, you know, beat you to the spot and they've got the, the kind of position you wanted to take photos from. So, yeah, I, I, I like to try and give myself the, the time and a place before the sun comes up, but um, it doesn't I, work out always. Well, I'm, gu- I'm guessing uh, the drone will interpret the light differently because it's so much higher, right? So... <laughs> Mm. From, from from where you are on the ground, I guess you have to take that into account as well. Yeah, I, I usually fly the drone at the same time as I'm taking photos on my camera. Um, Show up, look, look at this. Just in case the light light changes in a certain way. <laughs> Multitasking. You just put the camera on the floor and then fly the drone and then the drone will hover in place as well. So you can just leave the controller on the floor yeah. and just put yeah, the camera I, back I've, up. I've tried to do, well, I've done street photography with, with the first Mavic. Um, oh, right. And I, I flew it in LA and before I realized that I, I bought it in some one of those massive shops that they have in America that are insane. Yeah. And I found a, the drone aisle and got myself a Mavic and took it straight to Venice Beach and flew it um, just above where all the people are cycling and skating. Oh, yeah. And and I didn't realize that there's a strict law about uh, you've got to be like 50 <laughs> meters away from people. Uh, five yeah. miles within an airport is illegal. And I was five miles near, you know, within five miles. So I was flying this thing, doing doing my street, like having it shoot straight down. Oh, like Capturing hands, shadows yeah. and stuff. And um, yeah, I just had the LAPD rock up and they like, <laughs> what so the funny. hell are you doing, <laughs> sir? And I, and I, 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 play, I played the British card. I, I said... Oh, I, I'm from London. Uh, I, I'm terribly sorry to bother you. Um, and they went, "Oh, he's he's British. He's fine." And they just said, "Like land it," and uh, yeah, they didn't confiscate it, which was nice. <laughs> I, I love the a- idea of a, a drone aisle. That's the most American thing I've ever heard. Like going That's to Walmart so awesome. and down the drone aisle. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, on, on the on the last episode, we were talking about um, you know how doing street photography with it with a camera, you have to kind of be so in tune with your camera that it's almost like it sounds cheesy, but like an extension of you and you're not really thinking about operating it. I guess right. you have to try and get that with the drone as well, right? To the point where you're so comfortable flying it and moving the, the, the lens around that you don't even, you're not kind of getting caught up in the technical aspect. Yeah, that you're not really thinking about it. I think I think that's true. And one thing that I actually found really difficult when I first got a drone was trying to figure out um, actually what kind of perspectives would work from an aerial from an aerial point of view, you know, because it's not something we would normally do. So when I was first flying the drone up, it was it was kind of awkward. I'd only ever really seen people that were taking, uh, Alan, like you were saying, like top-down photos, right? So you're just looking directly at the ground. So I was doing that yeah. a lot of the time and then got to the point where it's like, oh, like, you know, surely it could be a bit more interesting. But find, yeah. figuring out angles was was the toughest part, I think, for me. Um, I've, I've, I've always kind of enjoyed flying them, though, because it, it kind of feels just like a toy. It feels like I'm playing a game or something, but uh, they, def- they yeah. definitely are. They're, yeah, they're they're fun things, and it's definitely one of those. Uh, well, before drones, you had to get a chopper, right? Or and and it would have cost thousands yeah. and thousands an hour. So it really is something that we can take advantage of. Yeah. It- What's the what's the deal with like uh, the the laws with drones at the moment? Is it getting more draconian or is it getting easier? Like, are you worried that the the, the places that you'll be able to shoot are gonna shrink just because more places are going to get you know tighter restrictions um i, I don't know if, if drone laws are getting too much stricter especially where i shoot anyway yeah i, I think it might might be a different case you know if, if i i know i know it's pretty strict in the states um i believe in the uk it's, it's fairly strict but, but i shoot a lot of my stuff in in china and southeast asia and although yeah i might not fly in in the middle of bangkok um, just because I don't really want to have to deal with the police there or anything like that. No, um, no, you don't. Most of the time, most of the time, it's pretty casual out here. Yeah, most of the time, people are just interested in in what you're doing. Yeah, they come up to you. They they want to see the camera. They want to see your phone, like what it looks like from above, because maybe they've never seen it before. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty relaxed. Now, um, I I taught myself photography, and and I I understand that you did as well. So at university yeah. you did something completely different. Um. Uh, I think people find that quite surprising. Uh, yeah. In the same way that sometimes people say to me, "How did you uh, learn Instagram or like self marketing?" And 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 again, it's kind of just a, it's a thing that you have to just do, right? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. You just have to figure it out. Yes, you just have to figure it out and just hammer away. But 
did you uh, get like possessed by the photography bug and just start shooting all the time? How how, how did you develop your skills? Um, so yeah, like you, I'm just self-taught. I've I've never really watched you know YouTube tutorials or anything like that for my camera. It was no, more just I, a I case did. of uh, I I didn't really enjoy a lot of YouTube tutorials. I think that I watched, I found them a little bit bland and uh, too technical for me. Maybe mm. it's not that I didn't understand it. It's just I found it, them a little bit boring. And I thought, hey, you know, if I just go out and practice and have fun with it, then surely something will come of it. But I actually, the, the first time I kind of picked up a camera was, um, I just went away with Soph, my girlfriend, to Rome. And she had an old SLR. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'll just take the camera with us. I can get some photos of us when we're on the trip. And I found myself picking it up uh, more often than I'd expected and just trying to line up compositions and, and take photos of different things. I didn't really know why, but I really enjoyed it. Mm. And, um, yeah, from uh, pretty soon after that, we moved to China and, and we both love to travel anyway. So we, we found all these cool places and I thought, you know, I'd never, I'd never seen these before on Instagram and, and sure like the, the travel niche, I guess travel photography niche has expanded greatly since 2015. But even then I, I, I never really found or seen any photos of these places before. I couldn't find much about it online. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to use this year to just, uh, I guess, go hard and, and document these places as, as best I can. And that's and that's where I really got into it. And, and it was mostly just a case of trial and error and a lot of practice that, that helped me to kind of progress. And did you always believe that you could do it or were you just doing it kind of for fun? Or, or did you feel like you'd found something, like that you had some sort of aptitude for it how, how, how did it work or, or did you just keep going regardless yeah I, I didn't think so we left teaching after a year and and it, i was just having fun with it you know i i didn't ever really think i could make an income from it i, I just really enjoyed it and I, I was i was kind of obsessed with with it and that's that was the whole reason i wanted to travel i you know, people say, oh, like you're going to Bali to like chill on the beach or you're going to Thailand to do this. Like, no, I'm, I'm just really obsessed with taking photographs and it's pretty much the only reason I'm actually going to quit my job and go to travel. And, and it got to the point where we, we didn't really have a lot of money in the bank. I think we probably had like 300 bucks between us. And um, it, it was, uh, it, we were at a point where we were like, okay, we're either going to have to fly back to England and I don't know, you know, find a job or, or we go back mm. to China and teach. And I was, I don't know, I just thought, no, I, I really enjoy this and I don't, I don't want to do anything else. So I, I need to kind of figure out a way uh, right now of how I can make some money and, and kind of stay on my feet. And that's, that's really how it works. Yeah. Mm. So you, you managed to get enough kind of, you started to get some, some gigs going with, with companies that enabled you to keep afloat. And then you were, I guess, just finding the balance between doing that and doing, you know, work just for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I was at that point. I was really, really into the whole Instagram thing, and I, I, my, my account started to grow quicker and quicker. And I thought that if I was able to, like you said, like kind of take a few of these jobs on the side just to keep myself afloat and to give me enough money to travel, mm. uh, you know, really cheaply around Asia, I can still keep creating content and kind of growing my personal brand on Instagram. And I thought if I was able to do that, the, the thought then was that oh, you know, maybe I can just make money from Instagram, and that's you know, it didn't turn out to be the case in, in the end. We mm. do a lot of client work on the side now, but yeah, well, we, I mean, we talk obviously about the the, the downsides to Instagram and social media as well, but I guess one of the good things for both of you is that like it is that feedback mechanism of like a, probably a bit of a confidence boost as well. You're not just making your work like in a silo and just thinking, is this good? Like you've constantly, if yeah. it's if it's doing well and it's going down well, then you've got like a little bit of feedback to let you, to kind of keep you feeling confident and like knowing that yeah you're on the right track and that people are enjoying it and it, you know it, if without that some people might end up just kind of like giving up yeah may, maybe and i think that's a it's a really like important thing for those who are just getting started in the industry as well i think a lot of people are they're often like kind of afraid to share their work or they're they're hypercritical of their own work which which you really shouldn't be the only way to kind of grow you know, as a photographer or an artist or anything is to share your work with your audience and, and to get feedback on it. Um, mm. Even if yeah. it's just a prayer hand or a flame emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much 90% of my comments now. <laughs> yeah, 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 same. But, but it's always appreciated. 
it is still appreciate. <laughs> I, I still enjoy yeah. seeing the, the prayer hand. Don't you feel a bit silly? I mean, I feel so dumb sometimes replying to, you know, like a flame followed by a wilted rose followed by like a, a, a camera. In my, I, I was like, I'm not really sure what to what to say here. Um, yes. <laughs> but I just say thank you. Um, so thank you, question mark. I, I like to think that our, our you know, the three generations on are going to look back and be like, wow, you used to send each other these like... Yeah, it's going to be so outdated. Hiro- hiro- these like symbols yeah. on, on, <laughs> on these on these plastic slabs that you held and then you used to thank people for it. Like, yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah, how I like, got into the industry. Hieroglyphs. <laughs> 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 it's, it's freaking weird. But, yeah. um, so, Joe, do you... Uh, you, well, the, I guess the fact that you and your girlfriend are still together is uh, proof of this. But is it compatible with what she does? Because I know walking around with Alan that it's a it's a strange life, the the photography life, and it's um, yeah, <laughs> strange yeah. kind of coexist with it. So yeah, I mean, I mean, she's working with me now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, smart. So so does all of the back end stuff. I think I'm probably the creative, and she's the I can't think of the word, but um. She's a smart one, man. You know, she's the brains of the operation. I just, I take, I take an edit. I just, I just turn up and click. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's working with me now. We're, um, we've got into. Um, I, I think at the end of last year, we started moving into education as well, so like online courses and stuff. So she's been really helping me out with the back end, back end of that. So the websites, the the sales funnels, the adverts. Um, yeah, it's it's good, man. It's good. Although, I bet she you know, taught. Has, I bet she taught you that term, sales funnels. That doesn't sound like a photographer term. <laughs> I've got it written on my arm. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so, um, yeah, but she works with me now, and it's 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 yeah. nice. Although you know that that comes with its problems. You know, yeah, having to live and work together, it's 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 not easy, but. Um, yeah, it's Photog- great. Well, I mean, yeah, if I'm anything to go by, I think photographers are a particular breed. Uh, quite not not the easiest to to no. live with sometimes. Like, <laughs> I gotta get, I gotta get the shot. I get, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If if you're someone who can justify sitting on a on a side of a road or a mountain for four hours waiting for something to happen, uh, yeah. And, yeah, it's a particular just, yeah. kind of human. Yeah, I just like sometimes she won't maybe won't get it. She's like, oh, you know, it, it looks exactly the same as it did an hour ago. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't look the same at all, you think? Or, or um, I'll, I'll say things like, oh, could you could you yeah. lay in the ocean for me? She's like, oh, well, it's cold. I'm like, I, I don't care if it's cold. I want to get a photograph. Like, get in the sea. <laughs> get in the sea. We'll yeah, just get in the sea. I mean, this is this is not a big ask. <laughs> I was just asking you to lay in the ocean in Bali. It's not a yeah <laughs> no i know it's it must be all right out there for that uh yeah. I, I i was gonna ask you about teaching actually because uh i, I mm. do workshops as well and i cool. i found that um teaching people actually helped me understand what i do myself because i mm. for the first workshop i ever did someone said why do you shoot high contrast stuff right and i was like because oh, I, li- I like it yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is an insufficient answer and i think they were like i've paid 400 pounds for this weekend and you're yeah. just gonna give me that but um yeah do, do, do you feel like it's i mean a lot of people look down on it and they think you know it's like a demeaning thing but i think it's a it's a wonderful thing to share experience and and to f- think about your own process as well oh it's incredible yeah it's really, it's really cool, and I and I agree. It really helps you to actually understand why you do think why you do things the way you do, because I don't think yeah. we ever stop to think about that. You know, it's such a, it's just so like such an automated process for us mm. that we don't take the time to stop and consider why we do the things we do. And yeah, I, I think when I was teaching, it really came through when I was teaching. Um, I, I had my first course in in January, which was a photography and editing course, and then I offered a. A month's tutoring uh, to to the students of that group, and I had eight students um, for for a month, and we really like yeah. dug deep, and they, they were asking me a lot of the questions, you know, like, oh, you know, why'd you do this, and why'd you do that, and, and then the actual process of say me taking their photos and and re-editing or like adjusting them and adding certain parts to it, and me having to explain the process to them, um, yeah. really, it really, really helped me to understand why I do what I do and, and how I do it as well. Because I, yeah. I remember thinking actually before I started those private classes, I thought I'm going to have a real tough time, you know, trying to explain uh, what I'm doing because I don't ever think about it like that. 
Yeah, I, I had the same thing. So when I uh, I was asked to to send over like a, a workshop structure or like a you know what I'm going to be including and and what some of the answers are going to be so they can you know yeah uh, tell the students who it was through Leica so it was like ten or twelve students and and I sat there looking at I, it took me forever to write this page. But once I got it, it, it helped. It took me about three, four days to of actually sitting there thinking, why do I shoot in this particular... It's like, there must be a reason because this is yeah. how I shoot and I've got a kind of style. Uh, but I have no idea how I ended up here. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I found it very interesting uh, mm. to do that. And it's good to, to, to reaff- reaffirm that when you teach people. Uh, and, and it's interesting seeing things change as well. I mean, it, it seems like your 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 style is is really consistent. Um, it's it's very important, isn't it, to be consistent, especially nowadays on on social media, right? Yeah, it, it's it's really really important. Um, I think you, you know, like especially when when you build a, a community around your work, you, you also with that with that you kind of build an expectation as well. So you know, you grow this audience of, let's say, 10,000 people, and these 10,000 people come to expect a certain level of, well, one, quality and, and a certain kind of theme from you as well, I think. And, and that's actually, like, a key ingredient to being able to grow an audience in the first place anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, pretty sure people, you know, people say consistency is, is key, and it, and it really is true, especially especially on, on social media. Kind of like you're one bad post away from <laughs> everything crumbling. Yeah. It can feel yeah, like yeah. that sometimes. It, yeah. it, it feels you, like that sometimes. You're like, oh, I'll, sometimes, I'll try something a little bit yeah. different. Uh, I'm going to yeah, try this portrait that, and see if they like that. And, you, and you, you know, after the first five minutes, you're just head in your hands like, oh, no. It's a real shame, <laughs> isn't it? I know Alan's felt that as well, that just like, you, that it, yeah, people do come to expect a certain thing from you. And if you try and throw in like a, a curveball and something a bit different, it doesn't yeah. always go down great. Yeah, I just found a. I just tried to find out a different way of sharing that that different stuff because there there are like other forms of photography. I really, I mean, I, I shoot a lot of street when I travel. Uh, I shoot portraits of people too. Uh, I just share that stuff in my stories, mm. uh, actually on my Instagram stories or or something like that. Because I know mm. I know people still there's a certain I guess demographic of my audience that enjoy that stuff. Um, yeah. But I think I think business wise, it's just not a smart move for me to be posting that stuff on my feed. So I still find a way of sharing it, and I know I know people enjoy it when I share it on my stories because it kind of shows like the behind the scenes and and the rest of the the experiences that I had on that trip. But um, so George, you've uh, you've like shot the living crap out of Asia by this point. <laughs> uh, wh- where are you kind of excited to travel to next? China. <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah, for real. Continue. I, well, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, you could probably spend your whole life shooting there and not cover the whole thing properly. Yeah, and I, I barely feel like I've scratched the surface in Asia anyway. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'd love to travel more in South America, uh, North America, yeah, every, every other continent. I've not even been to Africa. I haven't really been to Central Asia. There's so, so many places I want to shoot, but I haven't been researching for trips in a while just because I don't know when I'm going to be able to leave it. So I didn't see the point. Mm. But the other day I, I thought, oh, I'm going to look into China and see if there, you know, if there's any other places I kind of miss. And I, I feel like I've only seen probably only seen 10% of what I want to see in China. And I've, I've spent a good year and a half there. Yeah. Two, two years. Yeah. There's, well, there's you know, just I'm, so much. I remember Steve, Steve McCurry told us he'd done what, like 85 trips or something to India in his life. Something. Oh my god! Yeah, and and some of them were really long. His uh, his India India photos are really inspiring, huh? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sure are. They're, they're, inc- they're incredible. They're, there's it, one it, I remember, and it's like a it's like a steam train going past the Taj Mahal. Yeah. Taj Mahal. Guys, exactly I sat, what I was sat, thinking I sat of, on the front. Yeah, so and I was like, oh my! I know that um, there've been a few photos in my life that I've seen and just kind of had to close my laptop lid and walk off and <laughs> just kind of and cry. God damn. Yeah. Uh, are damn you aware Steve. of the work of Fan Ho? I'm not sure. Excellent. Fa- uh, uh, so he, he was active in the 50s in Hong Kong and he shot. Uh, yes, around, I have. Uh, yeah. I have seen this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I that think guy, I know who you're talking about. A few of his pictures have made me go like. Yeah. His his, his, photos, are, his photos are someone else. I, I definitely have seen him. One of my friends, he spent a lot of time in Hong Kong, and I remember him showing me some photographs of his before, like all the all the black and white. Yeah, uh, they're, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're incredible. Yeah. Like, 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 kind of streaming on into the street, like 
you know, through the gaps in the buildings and stuff, the long shadows. Yeah, yeah I feel like he was the real master of light, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he certainly. Yeah, and 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 pioneering like te- editing techniques as well. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 definitely tried to do like he was very geometric as well. Like he he was super yeah. far ahead of his super far mm. ahead of. Um, that, that, I I think even the magnet photographers, like even the best ones, I think he he was like he was the man. <laughs> He's one of the best mm. of all time. It's really cool and, to think uh, about that, considering you know how how many people take take photographs now. Mm. But but back then he was just you know just a guy with a camera. It wasn't wasn't like wouldn't have been too big a deal. No one else is oh, really doing God. that. I, I I wish it. I I kind of half exploit how it is today and half hate it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Um, I guess you you must have your challenges as well, like trying to find a perfect landscape that isn't, you know, spoiled, spoiled by, by like some <laughs> tourist helicopter or like a huge phone pylon or or like. It can be difficult. M- might be shrinking a bit, but maybe not. A, a, I don't know. A, a little bit, but but that's why I try my best to find places or you know photograph places that are a little out of the way. Mm. you've my, got my, this one shot I'm, you know, I'm just looking at now where it's like a guy leading a, a bull and then there's a dog behind that and then another uh-huh. person it yeah. looks like something out of like a like Okja or like a, a sort of fantasy film that must have been uh, you must have been quite delighted when <laughs> those people lined up yeah I mean well the thing with that like in, in all honesty it's like you, you know and it's very popular in Asia right so you'll see photos in Myanmar with with monks and, and light rays that like, you know, it's almost like too good to be true. And it, and it kind of it's, you know, you, you see these, these pictures in Vietnam where you have these lilies in the water, like aligned perfectly wrapped around someone with a straw hat on with a, with a boat and stuff. And, and then you get this stuff in China with the guy with a buffalo wearing a, a straw hat and a cape. It's like, God, people don't, out there don't wear uh, straw hats and capes in, in 2019. Like it, it, that, that stuff's all photo tourism. Mm. And, and I, op- I openly tell people that in, in my comments as well. Um, mm. So a lot, of, a lot of people say like, oh, I've got to, you know, kind of like you were saying, like, oh, yeah, like, I can't believe that lined up, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it didn't. It, did, it didn't really. Like, I kind of orchestrated it and, and made it happen. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Which is, I mean, there are, there are kind of two sides to that. One, one part, you know, people obviously say, oh, it's fake. It's, you know, it's this, it's that. And it's like, well, it's, I, I don't see it as fake if, if I didn't, you know, it is almost it's as pretty, fake as a, yeah. I, I kind of see it as fake as a portrait. It's just an orchestrated shoot. It's just, I ask yeah. you to do this. And same with a portrait. I ask you to look this way and into the light that way, you know? And I guess it was, you were still working with what was around. It's not like you flew in a bull. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, it's, I, I, it's not like 40 layers in Photoshop where I just put the bridge. I put uh, the bridge as in. As long as you're <laughs> open about your process. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it. I don't give a shit how someone gets a picture. It's like, I'd rather look at a great picture that's been staged than a shit picture that's candid. Right. I I don't care. I don't actually care. And actually, whenever I look at a picture, I don't actually think, oh, we'll do it. Like people always say, oh, you know, is that shot candid on my, you know, or is that, I just think, you know, fair. I've, I've honestly, swear to God, I've never looked at a picture and thought, is that candid or not? I wonder. I just look at it as a, yeah. as a thing, and it's like there it is. It's a it's a photograph, and people get obsessed with this kind of stuff. And yeah, I they think do. I I think it's people hold on to it as some sort of like integrity, or, or I I think a lot of people are amateurs who perhaps aren't um, where they want to be skill wise, and they feel like they can sling some criticism because all of their yeah. work is candid or something. And they're like, well, at least I got that. And it's yeah, just like, It's just, and, yeah. It's a whole and they have skill. a different style anyway. You know, it's just, I, I would just look at a photo and be like, is it cool? Like, you know, do I like this? Does it, does it, does it make me, you know, think, oh my God, like this is, this is incredible. Yeah. That's this, and, and that's, that's all of, that matters really. I, I remember watching a, a thing on, uh, Fan Ho was talking about his work on this interview right. I found on YouTube. And, and it's another thing, like, photographers are so hesitant to say that they crop or do anything like that for some reason. I don't know why. Everyone does. And and he was like, yeah, one of my favorite parts of the of the editing process is cropping and, like, cropping into my image and trying to find a better frame within the frame and all that. And 
I just thought, oh, that's quite refreshing. And then he's like, oh yeah, and sometimes I'd st- you know get people to do this, and and I, well, I, I've always seen it as, you know, do you, what do you speak Chinese? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, so you know, I think it's a skill to be able to orchestrate some Chinese people when you can't really speak to them necessarily yeah. that well. To be able yeah. to get them to do something and to have the kind of confidence to be able to tell, you know, guide, you know, choose a composition and try and achieve that that's a skill in itself and it's just a different set of tools to being able to you know find stuff that just happens on its own it's just a yeah exactly. I, I don't think either one is more is better it's just different it's just different yeah and, and i think like one of my one of my key points for like photographs like that say with the, the buffalo and the farmer going across the bridge is you you wouldn't be able to take that photo candidly ever like yeah, that's yeah, that's never going to happen. That is never ever ever going to happen. So that's the only way I'm ever going to get it. And it's and I don't really care if someone thinks it's fake. It's like I, I don't really care. It's, then this photograph's not for you. You know, it, it's just trying. I just wanted something to look cool. One of one of my things for my photographs is I try and make things kind of look like video games. I'm pretty I'm obsessed with video games, and so I'm always trying to think of like this fantasy kind of trying to kind of move that into my photos. I think this kind of fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's kind of what, like, almost like filmmaking, isn't it? You know, it's in films you're staging scenes that you otherwise would never have naturally. You know, whether right, it's like yeah. a smoky jazz bar somewhere or whatever, it's <laughs> kind of similar to that. That's interesting. Though. I think it's the first mention of video games on on the podcast, and it's interesting that that has an influence. I don't know what are there specific ones that spring to mind that yeah, you feel so, kind of like yeah. So I used to play a lot of like Oblivion and Skyrim. Um, right. Have you played those? Yeah, I no, I'm not. I've played them a little bit. I'm more into like uh, I love Red Dead Redemption too, and uh, ah, okay. I always think that's very uh, photographic and cinematic, actually. And I'm uh, a massive Candy yeah. Candy Crush fan over here. Nice, what well, lovely one. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but I, I used to love my N64. I Ocarina of Time. I used to. I spent a lot of time playing that and F Zero yeah. X. Those those were the days. And then I found guitar. And I just decided to do that all the time. That's where you went. Actually, <laughs> I, I'm going to sound like a massive gaming nerd now, which I'm really not. I, I play like maybe like one or two a year, but there's a game called No Man's Sky. I don't know if you're aware of it, George. What's it, what's it called, sorry? No Man's Sky. It's okay. a kind of a, it's a space one, but it's uh, you can go and visit worlds. And I think they're kind of like they randomly generate. So each time you go to a, a world, it's different. Oh, and, wow. And uh, it's cool. kind of, it feels quite in the realm of what we've been discussing weirdly. So I think no that was sky. I'm going to check that yeah. out after this. Yeah, yeah. check it out. That, that's pretty cool. But yeah, it, it, it was kind of oblivion and Skyrim, this whole like just real fantasy world, you know, you'd ne- I'd never seen anywhere, anywhere like it. And yeah, I, yeah, I feel like that, I, I get that now looking at your stuff. Yeah. Mm. I, th- I think, I think that's definitely kind of played an influence on, on the way my photos have turned out as well. That, that, and just trying to show something. Sure. I, I go to places that other people have been to. Um, but I mean that that's the draw of the place itself, you know. It's it's a cool place, so everyone wants to go there. But um, yeah, oh uh, yeah, and and that's such a uh, that's another thing I really dislike. It's like oh whoa, oh you. I remember I said I, I planned a trip to go to Cuba, and people were like oh Cuba, oh, it's been done, you know. Oh, well, uh, it's <laughs> like well then you know if people thought like that. You know, like in the industry of restaurants, no one would open a new restaurant. It's like, you know, do we need another Italian restaurant in London? No, we don't. But I'm going to yeah, do it anyway. Exactly. And, and you know, I, I think it's quite, I love the challenge of going somewhere that's been photographed a lot yeah. and trying to do something different with it. And um, so Cuba, I, shot, I, I shoot everything in black and white anyway, but I shot it in black and white. And it was, it really made me laugh. Like people were, going you know oh it's such a bold decision to shoot in black and white and it's you know and i could just imagine photographers from the 60s being like screw that you know that's that's how all we had as a choice and now this guy's being considered like being you know it's it's such an interesting modern like or like (laughs) different choice to shoot in black and white it's like the place can never be done anyway can it because it's like it's constantly in flux like these places are always changing and there's there even if it's ancient architecture that's been there a long time it's still you're still viewing it within within the context of like from 1990 or 2020 or whatever so it's always it's always different and always going to be interesting yeah i agree Mm. that's a good point 
some some places I think it's a little bit tough. Like there are definitely certain locations that have their angles or perspectives where it's like yeah. it like I couldn't imagine it looking any more grand than than it looks this way. But then you know I've said that before with certain places and seen other people go there and create something that I never even entered my mind, which is really cool as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I, well, I find you know going to. Uh, I don't know if this is this is true in your travel photography because you're obviously going to photograph the main event like some sort of temple or like a you know using that as your backdrop. Um I normally like for example in India I'll, I'll plan a trip to go to see this let's say a, a lake or a temple and that normally like uh, my best picture is generally something on the way there or on the way back home where I'll see something really? that I wasn't expecting. And then go in for that. Uh, I don't know if that works for you. Whether you, you know, like say you're road tripping through Thailand or something, and then you just stop and go, "Wow, look, look at that." Does it work like that? Yeah. Or is it more? Is it more kind of research based? Uh, I, I would probably say mine is more research based. I spend a lot of time, a lot of my time re- researching for trips, and I like to have everything down to a T before I go. I mean, I'm open to like changes on the trip, but I really enjoy the planning process behind trips and, and like making, making that stuff happen. Like, like the, the shot we were just talking about, the buffaloes on the, on the bridge with the farmer. That mm. took me, that probably took me three months to figure out where it was. Um, it. Of, of like pretty constant research. It took me a really, really long time. And then, of course, when I posted it, I was like, oh, you know, it took me three months to, to find this and it was a really good feeling to like share something like that or to even find it in the first place actually i, I mm. actually saw it in like a guy's uh I, I do a lot of research on like all different websites and a lot of photography tours as well because there'll be people that specialize in different parts of the world and, and there was yeah. yeah there was this guy who's i think he was french and he he's he'd lived in china for 10 years and i saw his, his photo was the first photo i saw at that bridge and and i remember thinking like i need to find where this is but i don't want to ask him because i don't want to be that guy yeah yeah but, um, yeah I, that's interesting yeah it is almost like a faux pas isn't it it's like it's like a taboo to yeah i mean people do it all the time they're like and, and it is quite a little bit sad and you know when when a photo when a photograph gets ripped endlessly um which i'm sure has probably happened to you like some people have seen your stuff and been like oh i'm gonna do that um yeah yeah it's, it's happened kind of, but i think it's cool you know like it i feel like that's a part of what I do is, is inspiring people to go and see these things. Otherwise, I wouldn't share them. Mm. Well, you know, part, well, that's part of why I share things is so people are inspired to go and, do, go and see the things that I see. Same here, um, same here. But but um, I've had some photographers who are pro photographers who have taken my ideas and then in interviews mm. claimed that it was their concept. Oh. And, how, <laughs> and how they and that that fucks me off beyond all reason like it's this you know it's like <laughs> and and it's happened to me a few times um yeah and uh, okay. and one guy okay, even yeah. put it on the cover of his book and he knows who he is <laughs> and and i want to kill him <laughs> no Let's i don't want to kill him really but i know um, i know what you mean like say so i've i've, I've <laughs> taken photos and i'm pretty sure like so like a drone photo i took in indonesia before uh it was of a uh, it was a top-down shot of a really colorful town uh, in in Java, and I I found it on Google Maps, and I was like, I know there are no drone photos of this. I've I've gone through the internet looking for them. There aren't any, and I know that's going to look incredible. And I went and got the shot, and it and it did really well, and had it published in a few places. And then you know, a couple months later, there's other people going there, and it and it's when I read their captions actually that I think this is just total bullshit, man. When people are yeah, like, oh, yeah, I yeah. can't believe we we stumbled across this town. Uh, oh, you just stumbled across this town in the middle of Indonesia's <laughs> biggest island. <laughs> what, what, are the other, what are the odds? <laughs> yeah, and then did the yeah. exact same shot. Yeah, decided yeah. to pick the same. I know, I know. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's nice when... Uh, it would be nice if people just credited um, or, or said, you know, inspired by... I get it. It's not. It's never going to happen. I, um, I do that. So if I go and take a similar shot to someone else, just because... I'm not going to ask them for their raw file. I just want to go and get it myself so I can, you know, see what the place is like for myself and edit that photo, right? But if if someone actually commented on my post, oh, wow, this is really original, I'd say, yeah, thanks. I mean, it's not because, you know, it was inspired by so-and-so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just a different culture. That, yeah, like, you've got it down. Yeah, like in, in films, you know, people are always recreating shots and then and paying homage to filmmakers before. 
it just there just needs yeah. to be more of a culture like that in photography where everyone's just open about it then there'll be no problems yeah i, this, I think so too this is good I, this is the first podcast we've had where we've properly had you know like instagrammer I mean, I, I I hate to refer to myself as like an Instagrammer uh, generation photographer, <laughs> but but we kind of are. Uh, that there's no, I mean, I like to think that Instagram is part of the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing to to actually discuss because a, a lot of our guests have you know come up through like, oh yeah, we shot for Nat Geo back when there were like you know very few photographers shooting for Nat Geo. It was like, yeah, I joined Magnum in yeah. the seventies. And, and that whole world is 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 pretty much gone, or at least the the access into things is like that is gone. And um, so I, I think this will be interesting for people to listen to. I think who who are trying to grow their accounts and all that jazz, which uh, I would say, yeah, there's plenty of them out there. Plenty of people right, trying to do it. Here's a question: uh, I, I hear it all the time um, that it's impossible to grow an account on Instagram these days. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Because you know, I, I get told I, I joined about three years ago, uh-huh. which I already thought was too late. Even back then, people were like, "Oh man, it's impossible to grow your account. Like you shouldn't even bother." Um, it, it, but is it actually? Do you think it's uh, a thing? <laughs> I don't think it's no. I don't think it's too late. I think uh, it must it, be harder, it, right? Like a little bit. I, I think it, yeah, it's a little bit more difficult. Than, than it would have been in 2013, 2014, right? There are far, it's, it's a more saturated market than it was then. But I don't think that there's ever, you know, that there isn't enough room for more like talented photographers. You know, I think if you have the talent, or at least if you have the desire to improve and you're actually able to improve on the feedback that you get and and, and you come to a point where, yeah, I, I think I think it's bollocks, mate. I think you can still grow like an, an audience on Instagram as a travel photographer in 2020 and beyond. There's always going to be more room for great content. Like there yeah, always yeah. will be. They would have said, you know, you could have said the same about maybe YouTube in, like, I don't know, 2008 when when all, all like the top 10 sub channels, now they, they don't even exist. You know, nobody knows who those people are because all these other people have come through because they've got better content. And the same thing will happen on Instagram. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I personally think that it's. I, I might be wrong. I'm not an expert, but I, I think that there are more people and more hours being spent on the platform than ever before. So, like, why is it not a better time if you're if you're good at it and you understand the game and you have to post regularly and reply to comments? Yep. You know, if you do that, uh, I, I think that there's. I don't see why it would be any di- different. But, I think um, I think some people like to use uh, that as an excuse for their lack of results. In, in all honesty, yeah. I, I do yeah. think that that's the case. When it may be that they're not posting enough, it yeah. might be that they just throw a photo up and they they don't network with anyone. And it's you know mm. there are a lot of different components that have to come together to to make a success of it. It's not as easy as just posting a cool photo on Instagram because if that were the case, you know, I'd probably be out of a job. You know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There are plenty of things that come into it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it doesn't matter how good your your material is, if you're posting it once a week or mm. once, a, you know, it's just not going to yeah. happen. And, and I think that's what infuriates a lot of people, and they think it's all. Yeah, I find it it's, it's sad, like seeing someone who expects to be growing and they want and they want it to happen and they want to get a bigger audience, but they can't. But uh, and yeah, I I think it's either you either have to go go hard or go home kind of thing on Instagram, like the yeah, and YouTube and everything. Like they, I feel I feel completely bewildered at how these YouTube accounts produce a video a day. I know, like uh, it, right, it I mean, blows my mind. Like we they, we they have, have we, huge teams. Yeah, I know, but it's just yeah. so insane that that's become the thing that, you know, you've got to right. produce 365 really good videos a year. Yeah. Go, you know, off you go, go do that. That's just horrendous. I, <laughs> I, think, I think part of that, right, so so what can play into that is is where you're posting so much, which is mm. the problem for some people, right? They don't, they don't share enough. The more content that you share, the more feedback you're going to get, the more, the more, the more reach you're going to attain. The more yeah. people are going to see your work, the more people that are going to come to your page. And especially with these YouTube and, and stuff like that, like 
you know, where they're posting so much that their personal brand is so strong that I think their followers would tune in for anything, you know? Mm. A lot of these people, it might not be like the most insane, like cinematic content. You know, it might just be point and shoot, like, here's what we're doing, this, this, and this. Oh, this was funny. Oh, this was crazy. It almost doesn't even matter what it is because people are so attached to to, yeah. to these individuals. That, that, that to, definitely seems to be the thing. Like, I'm so not into YouTube. It's unreal. But, like, it's always struck me <laughs> a little bit like, like the Truman Show, where you know, um, in the Truman Show, everyone's watching. They're just watching that guy live his ordinary life, and they're kind of enwrapped by it, no matter what he's doing. And it seems to be a similar thing with YouTube, where they kind of get this affinity for these mm. people, and then whatever they're up to each day, they will just kind of consume it, just because they're kind of bought into this person in their life. It's very weird, yeah. and very interesting. And a lot of these YouTubers, are, they're so young, man. You know, mm. so young with tens of millions of followers, and it's just because. All these people around the world can just resonate with them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like it's almost like they're one of your friends in a way. You're like they know nothing about you. Like, yeah, it's almost like they're just one of your mates recording it. Well, you, you're um, you're 27, right? Yeah, that's that's pretty uh, pretty young. I, I'm 32. Nice. Man. And I've I, I started shooting when I was 25 or 26. Mm -hmm. uh, which which was really quite late to be coming into it, apparently, um, but. Yeah, I think it is a um, it's it's a thing for for young people now, like getting you know exploiting all of this stuff, and and it almost doesn't matter. It's almost like a benefit because photos, I think, are secondary to your understanding of all these things. You know, like mark like how to use Instagram and how to uh, you know understanding all that side of it, and and the value of a personal brand, which I think is a concept that was alien to be you know to like a lot of the older generation yeah. photographers all of that stuff yeah. is so important I, I feel like if you have a good grip of that um you don't even need that the pictures that are that great in order you know in order to to propel yourself forward and so if you've got the combination of understanding the, the game side of it online um, yeah. and you have good content and you're a good person or like you know that then that's the magic thing and and, and it seems to be uh yeah i imagine that a lot of young photographers are, are and YouTubers, like you said, are just kind of this is just natural to them. They haven't had to learn anything because they it's kind of just been brought up with it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think and it's I, quite I, a big advantage. And I think like one of the, one of the key, really key components for for people to actually make make something of it is 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 actually just naturally being kind of obsessed with the whole process. Mm. It is it, it's kind of hard to learn to love something like this when there's so much to it i think i think when you kind of go go at it with everything you have and you don't really consider you know an, another option which which mm. has been the case for me which was the case for me and a lot of my friends that have, have kind of made something happen on it is just just a pure obsession with it yeah mm. yeah. yeah and it, it doesn't feel like uh does it, it never felt like work to me uh it, it felt like i was trying to achieve the thing i really wanted to achieve so it was actually quite exciting you know learning when stories came out, I remember I was like, "What the hell yeah. is going on? Uh, I need to understand this." Uh, and and but you know, I hate cooking, for example, and the idea of like spending forty minutes making a Massaman curry or something would would stress me out massively uh, compared <laughs> yeah. to co co compared to the <laughs> the concept of like trying to understand how to use a twelve mil lens and right. the the problems that come along with that but i, I would gladly sit there for 10 hours just like messing around <laughs> with it uh yeah. in order to get yeah it's funny isn't it well i guess, I guess maybe to just start to finish up and like um to, to kind of counterbalance all the all the talk of the business stuff it'd be quite interesting to hear like so obviously everyone sees these amazing dramatic shots what they don't see is the all the kind of really nice, meaningful and fun experiences that photography can unlock as well. And I don't know if, Jordan, over your time shooting in Asia, whether there are ones that jump out where you've you've gone to these places and in addition to getting these amazing shots, you've had like, you know, a really nice interaction that otherwise wouldn't have happened if you weren't there to do photography. Because it does, you know, not like sitting behind a desk, it does put you out there in the world. So is there anything in yeah. particular? Yeah, there's always one. There's always one that really sticks to mind, and, and I found they're so cool. So I, I mentioned earlier that one of my drones flew off. Uh, so I, I was in China. I was in southern China. <laughs> if you've ever seen pictures of the uh, the fishermen with the cormorant birds on on the bamboo raft, 
Right, so I was flying a drone there anyway, and I was trying to get some drone shots of the mountains with the river, and all of a sudden disconnected, drone's gone. Um, I fuck, I, I don't have a drone anymore. I don't really know what to do. So I put a story out on, on Instagram just saying, hey, if by any chance uh, I have anyone in China following me who lives in Guilin, mm-hmm. which is about an hour away, I mean, I, I didn't expect anyone to reply, but if there is anyone and you know where I might be able to get a drone here, because my Chinese is like, you know, minimal. I'm not going to be able to ask people where I can find a drone, a DJ Mavic Pro. Yeah. Yeah. You know. um, anyway, this girl responded to me and she was like, hey, um, you know, I, I live in, I live in Guilin City. Uh, I studied in London for a year. Her English was really good. And, and she was like, yeah, I know exactly where we can get you a drone. Uh, if you just come and meet me here at this time, uh, I'll take you to the store and, and we can, you know, you can get So great, cool. I uh, meet up with her. Uh, get a drone and yeah we're just hanging out for a bit um she was really sweet and and i anyway i found this photograph of um similar similar fashion to that bridge photo but it was like a really small really small like kind of arcing bridge over this stream and it had peaks it peaks in the background with a farmer and a buffalo just walking over the bridge and and i gathered it it was like a premeditated photo but i i said to anybody i "I don't suppose you have because i'd asked in every hotel and hostel i'd been to i was asking all kinds of people. I think I had a postcard with this photo on, and I was like, "Yeah, do you know where this is? Because I know it's, I know it's in this. I don't know, this giant county the size of France or something. But, but like, where <laughs> it, where is it? Because I, I, I need to shoot this. You know, I've never seen it before. And she was like, "Oh, I, I don't think I know, but like, I'll show my parents." And anyway, she texted me a couple of hours later, and she was like, "Oh, hey, um, my, my parents know where this is." Um, they used to hike in in Guilin province like in the 80s and 90s and they know exactly where this is so if you want they, they can pick you up at 4 a.m tomorrow morning and um and they can drive you out there and it, and it took two hours to get there and we got pretty lost on the way because they didn't know exactly where it was so they were asking you know farmers as we were driving past and oh, all these <laughs> you know, random people out in the middle of nowhere and anyway about two hours later two and a half hours later maybe we found this spot and and they actually found the contact details for the farmer on, uh, her parents found the contact details for the farmer on social media, like Chinese social media. And they called him and five minutes later, this guy with a buffalo is just walking down this like country lane surrounded by mountains. And, and yeah, then, then we got the shots. <laughs> wow. They went really went above and beyond. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, what, not, a weird, was... what a weird mesh of, uh, yeah, yeah I couldn't like, really on, believe online, it was happening. Real world kind of work to to make that shot happen yeah I, I couldn't believe it was happening and even when you know people people tell me now they're like you know oh how did you get that shot and like, i haven't even got time to explain like how that happened mate. <laughs> like, you know and, and the funny thing you was can now i refer might... them to, to to the podcast i will yeah <laughs> it's be like time stamp around one hour <laughs> but there you go just listen to that and one of the worst parts about that actually one of the worst parts about that experience is kind of funny because i bought a new drone I totally forgot that when you when you know when you buy a new drone, uh, it it will be formatted to shoot in JPEG, and um, oh, no. and my C and my CF card from my five D Mark IV crashed as well after the shoot. Um, so I had to use like data recovery, and I only got like half of the photos back. And every drone shot I had was in JPEG, but what still just one of still just one of the coolest experiences. Nice that, that that I've had, man. Especially you know with regards to like meeting people and. Yeah, it was just awesome. Um, I'd like to ask you a final question. Um, what, apart from maybe shooting around in the UK, as we talked about before, if uh, where is there anywhere that you haven't been that you would like to turn your lens to? Yes, um, there are a few, but I think the the one that I'm most intrigued by right now is probably uh, Iran. Oh, yeah. How come they've got a big street photography following in 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 Tehran? I, I think on I've uh, co-founded this thing called Street Photography International, and yeah, I, I think for a long time uh, Tehran was our second or third biggest like biggest city in terms of interesting people looking at the account and we, really, and then yeah, looking into it, there are loads and loads and loads of photographers coming out of uh, Iran at the moment. Which is a cool wow. thing to yeah, see. Yeah, I always get such great messages from people from Iran on, on my Instagram. Man. I, I get plenty of really nice DMs from, from, from Iranians on Instagram, always saying, oh, you, you should come to Iran. You should. I'm like, well, now it's probably not you know, the right time. I don't think I can come to Iran right now. But yeah, but I, yeah, I'd start, I started digging. And 
I'm not sure if I would need to go on a tour. Would we need to go on a tour as a, as a, like a British citizens? I think I'm pretty sure that's a part of it. Like I couldn't, I don't know if we could free travel there. I'm not sure. I, I've never been. Mm. Uh, um, either way, there's just some incredible stuff there. Like when I, when I start you know, looking into a place, I really start to dig and I kind of get obsessed with that, trying to find like different things. And Iran looks like it's full of, full of just incredible places. Yeah, a lot of history, a lot of architecture, mm. and very different as well to to what you're shooting at the moment. Yeah, mm. yeah, really different to what I'm. I've never shown anything like that as well. A lot of incredible like, interior architecture as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I yeah so, so, I'd, so I'd like to go there around. There are a few more places, but I think that but that's yeah, the top it's all, for me. It's rather fanciful at the moment, isn't it? Like Chris and I were planning a trip to Iceland, and that's just been thoroughly shut oh, down. No. Really? Uh, yeah, just because yeah. of a lot, of, a lot of places you're having to, if you don't have to quarantine when you get back to the UK, you have to quarantine once you get out there for a few days, which is not ideal. Uh, uh, but yeah. I, I, yeah. In Iceland, can you not get a test at the airport, like a rapid test or something? But yeah, you have to get a test, but then you have to go away to a hotel for five days and just stay uh, there and then go back uh, and get another test and then you're allowed in, which is, yeah. And I, mean, uh, I, I really want to shoot Iceland, but I don't know if I can spend five days in a Novotel. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Seems a bit wasteful, doesn't it? Chris would kill me because I'm so fidgety. Chris would just end up, <laughs> yeah. Thing is, Iceland is like, can you can you afford to stay in a hotel for five days? Exactly. That's anything? the other thing. It's yeah, like, just, crazy. just uh, staying in a hotel eating room service for five days in Iceland <laughs> is going to cost you a, a pretty penny. Yes, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it would have yeah, been a so, good time to go though. Like good uh i mean you have a lot of daylight right now i went in june last year and and we had the midnight sun it was awesome indeed and the northern lights start around september as well so yeah oh man next year yeah great well i really enjoyed that chat yeah me too um, yeah thanks for talking to us today george and i will be following your account with interest likewise uh, to see what what you're doing next yeah um, expect to see some iranian shots in the next few months yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Well, for the next few months, is Indonesia. We're uh, we're going to start exploring a lot more of Indonesia over the next. Yeah. I mean, however long we're going to stay here, we figured why not make the most of this. So that's the plan for the next like. Two, I shot months. up in in Medan. I was up in Medan uh, and Sumatra, the top bit, uh-huh. uh, which was a very odd place. Yeah, uh, different. For, yeah, really, really, really different to anything I've ever seen. <laughs> But it was interesting. I'd love to go back to Indonesia again. Let me know. Let me know when you come out. Nice. Yeah.